This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Henry. I'm Matt Miller. And I'm Mark. Rate, comment, rate, review. What are we talking about? We are going to talk about... Okay, now I'm second-guessing how to pronounce his name. Which one? The second one. Bieber. Bieber. So we're going to talk briefly. This will be a short podcast on Kanye, Bieber, and Chan. Right? I said those right. I mean, I know Chan. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't yeah. know how to... Sp- I thought it was Kane, remember? Kane, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So a while back, we did a, a podcast on Kanye because he was all the rage um, with regard to his profession of faith in, in Christ, right? And we spoke about what was encouraging, uh, what troubled us. Um, but in the end, what we basically did was left it with some simple points to consider. And one was the very bad tendency for people to gush over a celebrity while showing very little concern for the neighbor that they have down the street. Um, the call for everyone to pray for Kanye. Uh, but you don't see that same call uh, in the forums for the masses of unknown uh, people God is putting literally in the paths of those same people. Um, another was uh, the level of snark that we, we, we observed with uh, great s- sorrow, really, uh, by doubt of, of people who were doubting that Kanye was really converted. Oh, he can. And it's like, man, uh, cut the guy some slack. We also noted that the amount of time devoted to talking about him was frankly just silly. Um, it was unhelpful for most people. Uh, they have no interaction with them, uh, and therefore they should just really stay out of the whole thing anyhow. Instead, what we argued and pointed out was that the best thing he could do was to step out of the limelight like he was asking for our counsel, right? Um, but to step out of the limelight right now, become right now a faithful disciple of a godly man who can help him grow into maturity in the Lord, just like we would any, anybody else. Right. right. It just he, If he did come to Christ, let's treat him like we would anybody else. Um, finally, we said that each person who listens to us should really consider their own field that God has given them. Um, are they faithfully bringing the gospel to bear where they're at? Are they diligent to call sinners to repentance? Or are they really just distracted by the news about Kanye? And so since that time, so, uh, you know, time continues on, and uh, he's in the news again, but this time he showed up with Justin Bieber. Um, and along with that, we've had some late, uh, latest news about Francis Chan and his story of mass healings. And so we thought we would just give a few minutes of time to talk about all three of these people since they're showing up in their feed and they're apparently in the conversations of, of people. Yeah. So there's nothing necessarily related no, to him. No, no. Um, so Kanye, um, we'll just give you some thoughts on him in, again, in our first episode on this, we talked about how, how the, the many bad and false teachers who are prominent in the American church, um, were courting him or trying to reach out Big to time. him or get him to do something. Um, and, and though he was influenced by sound men, was it a master's grad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was going to his church and kind of being personally well, but, discipled by him, right? Yeah. The guy was actually being flown up each week right, to yeah. Montana. But he also was invited, I believe it was at the Michigan um, Sunday service that he was invited there to give the gospel and, and do the preaching portion. And he did a wonderful job. Yeah. So, so yeah, there were, there were also sound men like him who were um, influencing his life, but we were still concerned um, to whatever level um, 
as he was, you know, a celebrity himself and therefore all those celebrity tendencies um, that people have. Um, and so since then, we we know that he did one of the, one of his services, his Sunday services with Joel Osteen, yeah. um, which is sad. What's even more sad was how everyone was gushing over. I'm like, yeah, that's just sadder. Right, right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and well, it gives the, that that false idea that Osteen is actually pastoring a church. Yeah. Um, and again, confuses the gospel that, that Kanye is professing to believe with, you know, this false gospel of Joel Osteen. Um, and then he did a Super Bowl service in Miami and the, the pastor who preached for him was a man named Rich Wilkerson of Noose Church. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Is it? Okay. It's the Greek term, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and Wilkerson has a wife as a co-pastor and he's one who's, who's on the fringe of the charismatic world. And his, his messages are, they're vague at best and filled with a lot of self-help stuff um, and health, wealth, prosperity stuff, just like Osteen. Um, and again, these are people who are influencing him. And, and it, we would just say it's, it's disturbing yeah, at best. What we're, what we're noticing is that the solid men seem to be retreating into the background and these prominent prosperity type and, you know, mega church, but ho horrible teaching are the ones that seem to be more and more rising into prominence. Right, right. Um, and what's also interesting is how, as you, you already said it, but how silent many have become regarding Kanye. Um, you know, a few months ago, everyone was urging to pray for him. They're thrilled about him coming to the faith. Um, and, and he was at that flavor of the day, so to speak. And now you'll find actually little to nothing about him. And so we would just ask, are those same people still calling for prayer for him? Yeah. Um, or have they just moved on to that next celebrity event, which is bizarre how many people just keep putting hope in like these celebrities who are, you know, seemingly coming to Christ, despite the fact that the whole celebrity culture in the Christian church just keeps capsizing on itself. Yeah. And destroying itself. I, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, the whole celebrity pastor has been a mass embarrassment for the Christian church. Um, and yet then we see a real celebrity and... Oh, wouldn't it be great? I, I'm still picturing one of this one of these guys who, and you know, he, he's like, "Look, I think that Kanye is sincere," and and then in all caps, we got to keep praying for him, and and so many likes, and they're like, "We are, bro, we are." I'm like, "Where are you now?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I I just don't see anybody uh, in all caps saying we got to keep praying for him, bro. Yeah, um, right, right. So that's Kanye. Um, that's kind of the state of what's happened to him, and. The you know in light of that massive response that came out, um, it's kind of just gone silent. So, yeah. um, what about Bieber? Bieber? Well, he hit the news in the Christian world by recently talking about his claim of faith in in Christ, and this all came through um, what's the church uh, Hillsong, mm -hmm. and uh, he's now giving mini sermons to people such as the paparazzi who uh, shadow him. Apparently, he, uh, must be a miserable life, by the way. Everywhere you go, you've got this horde of people who are just stalking you. Uh, you. You live your whole life trying to get to that level of fame, and then you get there, and I bet you you discover what a pain this is. Um, he actually is, I'm using these terms loosely. He leads worship at a church in L.A., but again, it's, it's a Hillsong church, um, and all of its errors are therefore present in that 
that place. Uh, the head pastor is a guy named Judas Smith, who preaches and teaches of the same strain as a guy named Perry Noble, who has since been disgraced, uh, or a Stephen Furtick. If, if you know anything about how these guys so-called preach, uh, that's what you have with Judas Smith. In other words, it's just bad stuff. Uh, but in a recent interview, he describes himself as a Jesus follower, which is the cool way to say it now. Uh, and he wants to be led by the Spirit. Fine. He shows a desire to make some sort of impact in other people's lives. And and I was happy to hear that, uh, to whatever degree that means. I mean, we'll see. Uh, but here's his own words, literally. Um, so now the way I look at my relationship with God and with Jesus is, I'm not trying to earn God's love by doing good things. God has already loved me for who I am before I did anything to earn and to deserve it. Then he goes on. It's a free gift by accepting Jesus and just giving your life to him. And what he did is the gift. The forgiveness is the thing which we looked at and say, I'm going to worship you, God, because you gave me something so good. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because it's not real deep. But that's what he said. And I laughed because the amount of people who were just launching on that at like Kanye again. Wow, this is great. He's talking about justification by faith alone. This guy is, this guy, he might even be reformed. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, you're not going to ever get reformed going to Hillsong, but that's just me. Um, so he does talk about the reality of sin, though. He does talk about the need to change. But he also talks about the false idea of self-righteousness and even speaks of the idea of indwelling sin. He speaks of the great pain uh, in this world, uh, how people are looking for an escape. And it's in this light that he gave that above quote. Uh, so now he does a surprise show up at Kanye's Sunday service. And again, everyone starts talking about him. So what do we say? Well, we're going to say the same thing we keep saying. Um, it's the same thing with Kanye. If he's making a profession of faith, then great. But now grow with respect to his salvation. That's what he needs. What he doesn't need is to be shoved out into the limelight, given a microphone, and somehow, quote-unquote, lead worship. What he needs to do is first learn what it looks like to properly worship. Um, he needs to find a place of solid teaching. He needs to become a learner and not a leader. Uh, his celebrity status doesn't translate into the church, and the people in the church need to stop trying to do that. I guess that would be my biggest thing is stop thinking that because a person is a celebrity in the world, that therefore it makes them a celebrity in the church. It means nothing, nothing at all within the, uh, the realm of Christendom. And most importantly, time will tell. Um, I just keep thinking the passage, Jesus said it so simply. He says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And we, as pastors, I think that's what our, one of our big burdens is, um, how many lives, countless lives we've seen and we witnessed, not just in our own church, but beyond, who started on what appeared to be that narrow path, but they, uh, it only was cut short because the broad, broad path became uh, far more attractive. And so time will tell. The man is in, incredibly wealthy. The whole of the world is throwing themselves at him, just like Kanye. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what comes from this initial profession of faith. Um, but I, I think that the whole church as a whole would just do so much better yeah. than gush over him right, um, right. and just stay busy with their own f mission field, if you will. Sure, sure. 
All right, guys, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It's time to announce the winner of our one year anniversary giveaway. For those that have been here with us since the beginning, thank you, and you're all a bunch of nerds. So without further ado, the winner of the ESV journaling New Testament Bible set is D-Law 2. Thanks, D-Law. Feel free to uh, send us a message directly on Facebook and we'll work to get these books in your hands. Back to the show. Yeah, then you, then you got uh, Francis Chan, who he is a difficult one for us, um, in some ways a challenge. Um, uh, on one level, we've benefited from his ministry. Um, we, of course, enjoy his, his passion for God and to see people come to faith. Um, and, and then yet on another level, we find ourselves consistently concerned with the trajectory that he, yeah. that he seems to be on. He's very exasperating for me. Um, yeah. I mean, he went to my seminary and graduated from my seminary. You would not know that in, just in hearing how he speaks nowadays, but mm-hmm. anyhow. Yeah. So, so he left his church in, in Southern California a couple of years or several years ago to try and experiment with, with what and how church might look like in a different context. Um, you know, perhaps, perhaps we'll do an entire episode or two on him because there's many things that are worth exploring. I think he, is he now going to Asia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong specifically. Yeah. Um, he, he has a, he has a ministry in San Francisco called We Are Church. And there he's seeking to train other pastors to pursue church in a very different manner. Right. Um, and here's how he describes this effort. He says, haven't you always been a bit confused about church? You read about the unstoppable power, miraculous love, and outrageous sacrifice of the first church. Then you wonder if it is even possible for the church today. We believe it is not only possible, but it is promised and commanded. And we want to invite you to dream with us and hopefully reignite your hope for the church. Join us to take a fresh look at the scriptures and experience how we can pursue these biblical ideals for church in San Francisco. Um, And you can get that. That's his website. Um, and right there, he's ta- he is tapping into, though, I think what uh, those kind of innate desires that people have. They yeah. want to see this. They do read the book of Acts. They're, they're bored with their church experience, and they want to see these great moves of God. And he, and he knows that. And I'm not saying he's toying on that or trying to manipulate that ne- necessarily unlawfully I just or think that unrighteously. He's wrongly stuck in acts two well well yeah of course i mean <laughs> yeah he just it's like you need to keep reading dude yeah um that same place of miraculous power and and outrageous gifts uh three chapters later somebody gets killed because he lied about his giving so yeah. i mean <laughs> right. but you get a bunch of passionate untaught 20 year olds yeah. hearing that i mean it's very romantic and let's build a movement let's do something let's see a move of god and you're gonna get a lot of people hopping on that train, I think. Um, but it would be unfair to assume that we understand everything that he's talking about and thinking um, as he's making that that massive transition from Southern California to San right. Francisco. Um, since then, he's announced, um, yeah, Hong Kong, that he, he's going to be a missionary to Hong Kong. Um, again, eye-opening gives us pause to think why it's necessary. Yeah, why? Why, why do you need to go to the... Yeah, he, what did I hear him say? He said... Uh, he, he says, you know, we're all part of this pond right now in the American church. And he's talking about pastors mostly. And we're all throwing our fishing poles into this pond. 
And I mean, the pond is like empty. There's not a lot of fish biting anymore. There used to be, but it's pretty well been fished. And he says one person gets a tiny little fish and then everyone rushes over to try and figure out, oh, what lure did you use? Or what's your, what's your technique or what, you know, he's like, but there's a pond on the other side of the mountain that no one fishes. And he's like, but here's the problem. You have to climb the mountain, be willing to leave this pond and go to it. But the fish is, I mean, the fishing is denser. And, but he, and he's tapping into his experiences of when apparently he went to Hong Kong and he went from tent to tent in the villages. And every time he spoke the gospel, someone was converted. And he's saying that's the experience there. So he's just kind of grown tired of the American church, but... Again, I don't know. I don't know all the the motives behind that. How you know? It's hard to discern those things. Nor do I have to. Um, but yeah, again, we're not part of his decision making yeah. process, and so we'll just we'll leave it there. Um, but we do notice is how his circle of relationships and influences is definitely much larger than before. Um, he's now, and this is the concerning part. Yeah, is he's publicly preaching and sharing the pulpit at conferences with people like Mike Bickle of. IHOP and Todd White. Who is now fully discredited, which he should have been years ago, but yeah. now it's like, okay, you're just a sexual predator. But he's up there preaching with these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made some very bad statements regarding the nature of the Lord's Supper um, recently. And in, I mean, he was trained at Masters. He should know <laughs> these things. Um, but what hit, hit the headlines more recently was his trip to the remote this remote village in India. Um, you want to speak of that one? Yeah, it was interesting. He's at the Moody Bible Institute at a conference, and this came out in that sermon. So it's in that context, and you can listen to his sermon online. Uh, basically, he talks about how after asking God to work through him, and he wanted to see some people healed there in this remote village, um, that all of a sudden, just the Spirit's power was moving through him in such an incredible way that every person he touched was healed, just one after another. Um, and it's very interesting when you listen to him talk. He's such a good communicator, and he's so passionate that even when you disagree with him, you find yourself kind of rooting for him. It's yeah. uh, it's an enviable skill he has there. And here he was like, look, that's not me. I'm not, I was way outside my comfort range. But he also talked about how uh, he was traveling with other people and that he had strong theological differences with them, which I want to know who those people were. Um, and we, I, I have yet to find out anywhere where it lists the people. Um, I'd like to know who these guys are that he's traveling with, because uh, again, your com- the company you keep um, tells a lot about who you're going to invest your time. But his point was that these people had these strong theological differences from him, but it was through him that these things were happening. And the implication that I took away, and, and I, 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 I could be completely wrong, was that these guys were more of your miracle worker kind of folks. So they're, they're going to be your signs and wonders guys, um, the outer fringe of the Christian church. And he had strong disagreements with a lot of their theology. But then it's through him that God seems to be working. So maybe, maybe there's something to this and maybe I need to not be so judgmental. And that would fit the trajectory that I've, I've watched with him. Um, what bothers me again, though, is the reaction on the web has been very similar to that of Kanye and Bieber, though. For many, this was just another example of the outworking of God's power. They're very excited. Wow, pray for it. This is so exciting to see. 
Um, it, it very frustrates me because it also seems to confirm for some people, see, we should be pursuing these things and seeking these uh, miraculous outpourings. And then you have the other side where people now have just written them off. Uh, he's an apostate. He's a heretic. He's this and that. Um, so we we have free thoughts. We'll just kind of jump back and forth with these. Yeah. Um, first, <laughs> this one, yeah, we've talked about this. We We wish there was some kind of video. Um, <laughs> in in a time where everyone has a cell phone, there is not a single video of this mass healing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had his iPhone on, or somebody did. Um, but yeah, there there was no evidence there. There was no video of anything there, and that we know of. that we know of. But nothing yet have we even heard of. So that, yeah. that would be the first one. But that's the first thing I always. It's like I, I'm I'm going to sound snarky, and I don't mean it. Well, I'm being snarky, but I'm not trying to be unkind. But I would have been really impressed that that was at Freighter Children's Hospital or something like that. You know, it's like, all right, we got cameras, we got all kinds of stuff, but it's in it's in a remote, not even Mumbai. It's it's a remote Indian village, uh, and that's where it happens. I'm like, okay, so we're now left to just buy into the story because Francis Chan tells it in a and and. Apparently, he's with a bunch of people he doesn't agree with theologically, but apparently they saw it too, but we're not hearing any other interviews. Anyhow, I, I, for me, alarm bells go off. So the second thing we'd say is uh, we would never say this could not happen. Uh, we, we would affirm, yes, God does heal, um, even now in accordance to his desires. So yes, it could have happened. We can't say it didn't. Yeah. Third, we find it at least intriguing that he was again in this remote village um with no recordings that it happened um but we in light of that though we'd love to hear others that were in that group give their observations but we haven't heard anything there either yeah again it's markedly interesting that such a famous person with a, such a unique situation and nobody else is telling the story it's like did you sign a non-disclosure agreement i don't know uh fourth in reality Here's the big one. It becomes a big so what. Right. Um, and we do not mean that in a harsh way, but we're simply forced to say so. So what changes? And and the answer is nothing. Uh, God's still God. The gospel's still the gospel. The means of salvation is through the pr proclamation of the gospel. And we'd be very unwise as people to assume that when we see miraculous events, that they must be proof of God's blessing. Uh, we just did a podcast on that. We're we're very concerned with this story as it does play into the very bad theology of place like the New Apostolic Reformation, who uh, argue that the new so-called apostles like to point out to their miracle working as proof that they are in fact truly apostles. And so, I can see them appointing him now one of the new apostles. Uh, and Jesus simply rebukes those who lean upon. Uh, miracles is proof of anything in Matthew 7. He's like, you know, Lord, Lord, did we not perform miracles in your name? He's like, on the day of judgment, I look at you and say, I never knew you. That that means nothing. That's our point. Mm -hmm. So here's just some conclusions on all this. Um, in each of these, though, there is a common thread that we see flowing, and it is that that lust by so many to see famous people come to faith um, is if that's something greater than, you know, a prostitute coming to faith or right. something like that. Um, along the same line, it shows the great shallowness and immaturity of so many professing believers who are quick to jump on any and all bandwagons that give even a, a whiff of spirituality. 
And so th those would be some of our first conclusions and concerns. It also shows that there's still so much work that needs to be done for the pulpits in the lives of believers. Um, there's still a great need for sound teaching uh, that creates a stable, faithful believer, uh, the type of believer who is not uh, easily tossed about by every new teaching, every event, every personality, because it's evident that it still goes on. And it shows us that this cult of personality is still very much alive and well in many parts of this world and that we don't yet recognize it for the grievous sin that it is within the church. And so we, we, we would end with these words from the Bible, uh, where Jesus said, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. I mean, John writes this, as he, Jesus spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And so there in that passage, it's, we have in verse 30 uh, of John 8, it, it says that many came to believe in him. And John three sixteen, if you believe in him, you have eternal life, right? Uh, but here you see a clarification. John, uh, Jesus looks at him and says, I'm glad you believe in me. We'll see. Yeah. That's really what he's yeah, saying. If you abide yeah. in the word. And so he takes the long view. He doesn't right entrust himself to man. He knows what's in the hearts of men. And I think that we all need to take a deep breath. We need to pray if, if it's, it's something that's a burden for us, for these people. But it also is something that we shouldn't be quickly uh, impressed by. That. I guess that's all we're saying. Yeah. So those are our thoughts. And we would say thanks for tuning in. And until next time, join the conversation. Let us know what you think about the celebrity world. And leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review. Hit us up on our new Twitter account and tell your friends. <laughs>